Good morning, Orlando. Wednesday morning after the 4th of July weekend. We are delighted you're with us here at 6 o'clock for our first check of Orlando's news, weather, and traffic on News Radio 1025 WFLA. I'm Bud Hedinger. And I'm Deborah Roberts. And our top stories this morning President Trump heads to Europe for critical meetings, and 150,000 people show up for the Lake Eola fireworks show. We'll have the details coming up in one minute. Hey, I ran into something exciting over the 4th of July weekend. A brand new song, Make America Great Again. You will hear it next on Good Morning Orlando. Happy Hump Day. It's 6.02 on News Radio 1025. President Trump is leaving Washington for Europe this morning for a series of critical meetings. His first stop is Poland. Trump will be joining a conference of Central European and Baltic nations, and then he'll give a major speech in Warsaw. He's expected to reassure NATO countries about the U.S. commitment to the alliance. It'll be Trump's first major public address in Europe. On Friday, the president sits down with Russian President Vladimir Putin for an official bilateral meeting during the G20 summit in Hamburg, Germany. The first official bilateral meeting between a U.S. and Russian president in two years comes amid ongoing tensions between the two countries. This news brought to you by Tresco Bank, Florida's hometown bank. The U.S. and South Korea are making a show of force following North Korea's intercontinental ballistic missile test. American and South Korean military forces held a joint ballistic missile exercise to send a warning to the North. The two allies fired their own missiles into the Sea of Japan. North fired its first ICBM early Tuesday that U.S. military officials say has a range of at least 3,500 miles, making it capable of reaching Alaska and possibly even Seattle. North Korea claims it can put a large nuclear warhead on that type of missile. Meanwhile, the U.S. is asking for an emergency meeting of the United Nations Security Council following North Korea's intercontinental ballistic missile test. The closed-door meeting will likely take place today. U.S. officials believe the ICBM fired early Tuesday again has a range of at least 3,500 miles, making it possible to reach the U.S. mainland. It's the first time the isolated communist country has tested such a missile. The missile traveled around 600 miles before landing in the Sea of Japan. Suspects in the 2014 shooting down of Malaysian Airlines Flight 17 will be tried in the Netherlands under Dutch law. The Netherlands Foreign Ministry made that announcement today. The plane, if you remember, was shot down by a Russian-made rocket over eastern Ukraine, an area held by pro-Russian separatists. All 298 people on board were killed, including 196 Dutch citizens. Russia previously blocked efforts to establish an international court for the incident. No suspects have ever been named. In local news, it looks like it takes more than just a little rain to stop Orlandoans from celebrating the 4th. The crowd at last night's fireworks at the fountain at Lake Eola was estimated at 150,000. Rain earlier in the day could have scared off some people, but it doesn't appear it scared off many. This was the 40th year for the annual event, and Mayor Buddy Dyer says it was a great night. Yeah, it was in all over central Florida. The bombs were bursting in air, the rockets red glare. Oh, yeah. Celebrating American independence and our freedom. We're going to talk later in the show about the state of patriotism in America and open up the phones and the text lines to the most patriotic audience in talk radio, Deb. And finally, speaking of traditional Fourth of July celebrations, Joey Chestnut set a new record and is once again the hot dog eating champion. You know, I'm just a goofy dude who likes to eat, and uh, I'm, I'm a lucky guy to just uh, be able to travel around the world and eat and make people smile. 
Chestnut scarfed down 72 dogs and buns to win the Nathan's Annual Hot Dog Eating Contest for the 10th time in New York. That's a record number of hot dogs eaten for the competition, which takes place in Brooklyn every year on Independence Day. Carmen Sincotti came in second place with 62 hot dogs. Meanwhile, on the women's side, Mickey Sudo defended her title by wolfing down 41 hot dogs, and she looks so thin she has to jump around in the shower to get wet, but she is. <laughs> she is a four-time mustard belt champ. <laughs> but Ma- nobody competes with Jesson, and he's not a big guy no. either. What is up with these these competitive eaters? They're all, like I said, they have to jump around in the shower to get wet, and they're wolfing down 72 hot dogs? In 10 minutes, in, in his ten- case. Oh. They say he consumed over 20,000 calories and that his stomach expands to four times its normal size to accommodate all of this food. I mean, you know, when I when I watch this, I really have mixed feelings. It's like an incredible achievement, but it's just a total monument to gluttony. You know? I know it is, <laughs> and, and it was a little hard to watch at the, this yeah, year's I, competition. Joey Chestnut looked like he was going to lose it at one point, and I was like, all right, that's it, I'm out. And of all the things I wanted to grow up and be when I, you know, became an adult, but I've never said to my parents that I wanted to be a four-time mustard belt champ. Yeah, yeah, not necessarily something too many people aspire to, but this guy is just incredible. He it, is. It's a remarkable. I'm surprised he survives it every time he does it. <laughs> I do, too. I do, too. WFLA News Time 606. Read about the five U.S. cities with the most and least divorce. You may or may not be surprised. You can see them online now at 1025wfla.com. The first hour of Good Morning Orlando starts now. News, weather, traffic. This is Good Morning Orlando on News Radio 1025. Great to be back with you here, Deb, after you and Yaffe were holding the fort, and I grabbed a couple of days off to build a long family 4th of July weekend. How you doing? Good. How was your 4th of July celebration? It was terrific, but I've really unleashed something from which there is no return here. You know how we open our broadcast day with that rousing rendition by the Orlando Philharmonic Orchestra of the National Anthem? Yeah. I found something that I gave to both our little grandkids, ages 3 and 6, and they can't stop pushing the button to play. It is a little American flag on a pedestal, and in the pedestal there's a button, and you play it, and the national anthem plays. And and, and they, they, they can't get enough of this. Oh. And the Star-Spangled Banner yesterday on the 4th of July, a little Brindley must have played it, I don't know, maybe 20, 30, 40 times. <laughs> it was pretty cool. And nothing like being a grandparent. You know, you, you give the gifts, you love on the grandkids, and you take off, and mom and dad live with whatever you've left. Oh, that's what they call payback. <laughs> yeah, you're absolutely right. Parental karma. Yeah, you are absolutely right. And Yaffe, thanks for hosting on Monday. Always does a good job in your absence. Absolutely, pal. How you doing in there? I'm good. Glad everyone had a good Independence Day. Yeah, we're about to have a better day after the 4th of July. Those of you patriots who have yet to hear the new song that debuted to rousing reviews at the Kennedy the Kennedy Center for the Performing Arts in Washington this weekend, Make America Great Again. We're going to start the show in a moment by playing it, and I want to know what you think. Be ready to listen and to call at 407-916-5400 and the text line 23680. Oh, you hadn't heard that over the weekend? You think that's going to get any plays with the ATM machine, the anti-Trump media machine? Nope. 
but we we go around them, all right? And we're going to share this with you in a moment. Good morning from us all from the Front Gate Realty Studio. Visit laurahasthebuyers.com. We'll play Make America Great Again and see what you think in just a moment. I think you will be inspired. And if you don't like it, you can call me as well. Opposing points of view, always welcome on the 50,000-watt front porch. That's first, and then before that, of course, we're going to update Orlando's news, weather, and traffic. Of course, that's in two minutes here on News Radio 1025 WFLA. This is not getting a lot of coverage, and there aren't a lot of great brand new patriotic songs out there, are there? But there was one unveiled this weekend where President Trump was scheduled to speak at the big Celebrate Freedom concert at the Kennedy Center for the Performing Arts in Washington, D.C. Um, the uh, First Baptist Church of Dallas, Texas, had their orchestra and their choir there, and it was the rousing traditional playing and singing of the great American songs, the Star-Spangled Banner, America the Beautiful, the Battle Hymn of the Republic, God Bless America, and on and on. But add one to the list before the president spoke. Are you ready? Listen to Make America Great Again. What do you think? 407-916-5400, text line 23680. Not much media coverage of that. By any measure, that should join the very short list of truly cherished American patriotic songs. I predict it will not, that there would be protests if you played this at almost any other event around this country. Why? For the simple reason that the president, the left loathes, came up with the phrase upon which the song is based. Although there's no policy in here, there's no partisan politics in it, it is generic pro-American lyric. What did you think? 407-916-5400. I love this song, and it's brand new. That's the first time it's been heard publicly. The former music director of the... uh, 
Dallas First Baptist Church Choir wrote the song. Um, In a moment, President Trump was on the day of speaking at the Kennedy Center on Saturday night. I didn't see a lot of coverage of that. Maybe I missed something from the ATM machine, the anti-Trump media machine. Maybe you saw lots of coverage of the president's speech. Let me know on that score. I'll play a couple of cuts that I thought were great and reinforced his call to make America great again. We will have that in Orlando's News Weather and Traffic, and I'd love to hear from you. All of this in two minutes here on News Radio 1025 WFLA. Boy, I love that song. Make America great again. Lift the torch of freedom all across the land. Step into the future, joining hand in hand, and make America great again. Americans from every corner of this blessed land come together with one voice. Help us take a stand, following the vision to make her proud and grand and make America great again. Like the mighty eagle that is rising on the wind, soaring toward our destiny, hearts and voices blend with a mighty melody. Oh, let the song begin and make America great again. Each and every state, make America great again. Uh, I think that's just terrific. That song debuted where the president spoke at the Celebrate Freedom rally and, uh, and performance. Uh, it was magnificent at the Kennedy Center for the Performing Arts in Washington, D.C. on Saturday night. Let's listen to the president, who I thought was absolutely waxing eloquent on the issue of American greatness. Here he is on the historical source of the same. Since the signing of the Declaration of Independence 241 years ago, America always affirmed that liberty comes from our Creator. Our rights are given to us by God, and no earthly force can ever take those rights away. And here's President Trump on the keys to American greatness moving forward into the future. As long as we have pride in our beliefs, courage in our convictions, and faith in our God, we will not fail. As long as our country remains true to its values, loyal to its heroes, and devoted to its creator, then our best days are yet to come, because we will make America great again. We're going to post a video on the website of the um, of the concert, the song, the speech by the president, 1025WFLA.com, keyword Budman. And Yaffe, you've already got it where it needs to go, right, buddy? Yep, on your daily recap on your blog page, so check it out. Yeah, it is there. Now, you're not quite sure that you would place this on the short list of the most cherished American oh, patriotic no. songs. Come on, it's not God Bless America or... The Star Spangled Banner or... Do you know God Bless America wasn't God Bless America for a long time? It was written in 1918 by Irving Berlin um, when the U.S. was in World War I, okay? But it didn't become a hit until the storm clouds were gathering for World War II in 1938, 1939. Wow. You know? I did not know that. Uh, no, that's an absolute true story, you know? And uh, there were those for many, many years who did not cherish the star-spangled banner as a song it's still controversial some think it should be replaced by america the beautiful you know i mean uh i I just thought for a first play i thought it was just terrific and and you know i liked it because it 
they, they, you could actually refashion this for a terrific second-term campaign song, you know, and you could get all the Trump stuff in there. They left all of that out, you know. And, and here's, what, here's what just rankles me, because I know it would be true. There is no offensive word here in, in this, nothing that is partisan, no media bashing, no bashing the left, no hyping Donald Trump at all. It just uses the phrase he came up with that defined his campaign and is defining his presidency, and there would be millions of Americans who would protest every single time this song was sung. That saddens me, Yaffe. It disturbs me. Um, well, I, I see that. You know, it would <laughs> I mean, be. It would be. Later on, we're going to talk about the state of patriotism in America because I really do worry that our kids aren't being taught about the greatness of America, only about problems with America and awful things that have been done in the name of America along the way, whether it's to the Indians, to minorities, whatever it happens to be. And I just worry. I worry that. I worry that the 4th of July for younger Americans has just become a show, a party and a fireworks show. And they don't have that feeling deep within them, that patriotic fervor that is the great glue that has bound us together, differences aside, for the history of this great republic. We'll talk about it in the 8 o'clock hour. And we're going to give that Make America Great a couple of more plays here, okay? Because if I'm going to get it on the cherished list, of great patriotic American songs, it's got to get more than one play, right? Stay tuned. We're on it for you. Deb, we had a spotlight on President Trump in our first half hour this morning, and uh, you're doing the same on another front as we speak. Yeah, and that is the fact that President Trump is headed to Europe this morning for a series of critical meetings, and there will be a lot on the line when Trump meets with Russian President Vladimir Putin for the first time Friday. The meeting was confirmed by the White House and Kremlin Tuesday. The two will meet on the sidelines of the G20 summit in Hamburg, Germany. Putin's foreign affairs advisor said the two will probably talk about terrorism, Syria, and the conflict in Ukraine. White House officials say they're not likely to discuss Russian hacking of the U.S. voting systems in the last election. This news brought to you by Trusco Bank, Florida's hometown bank. The third time may be the charm when it comes to launching a rocket after a second launch attempt in a row was called off. T minus 10. Fed launch abort sequence. John Innsbrucker again at SpaceX webcast desk here in Hawthorne, California. Again, we've had an abort at T minus 10 seconds. The countdown has been stopped. Well, SpaceX has another opportunity to launch a Falcon 9 rocket from the Kennedy Space Center tonight. The Air Force approved a one-hour launch window starting at 735, but SpaceX has yet to confirm it'll be ready. This would be the third attempt to launch a communications satellite for the Americas, Europe, Africa, and the Caribbean after technical problems scrapped the first two attempts. Forecasters are watching a system in the Cabo Verde Islands, which is producing winds near tropical storm strength. The system will likely become either a tropical depression or tropical storm by tomorrow. It's too early to tell where it'll end up going, but weather watchers say it could eventually affect Florida. If it becomes a tropical storm, it'll be named Don. And after serving on the battlefield, an Army vet is finding success on a different kind of field. Seminole County's Matthew Oset has been picked to play in this weekend's Florida League All-Star Baseball game. The 24-year-old got back into baseball after serving a year in Afghanistan and is now playing for Altamont Springs in the Summer College League. He'll play for the University of New Orleans in the fall, and he says the lessons he learned in the Army 
are helping him on the ball field. Good story. Yeah, absolutely. And you can get these stories and more at 102.5 WFLA. First hour of Good Morning Orlando continues now with Gina Cervetti and the Bloomberg Business Report. Thank you, Devin. Let's bring her on as we roll on into our number one, the second half hour thereof. Good morning, Orlando, from the Front Gate Realty Studio. Visit laurahasthebuyers.com. Gina, good morning to you. How are you? But good morning. How are you? I'm well. I'm just fine. Uh, you're up there in the Big Apple. I was watching the big fireworks show from Macy's. I guess everything is kind of quiet in New York this morning, including... <laughs> Go ahead. It's a little quiet. It's a little quiet in those futures. And uh, I was going to wonder about that from the market perspective. Go ahead. Yeah, they're rolling back into uh, business this morning, but uh, we've got the stock futures mostly unchanged on the S&P and the Dow, but it looks like there might be a little bit of pressure again on tech this morning. The NASDAQ futures are down 13 points. It was mixed heading into the holiday yesterday. We had the Dow hitting another new record in that shortened session Monday. It'll start out this morning at 21,479. The S&P begins at 2420. The Nasdaq with all those tech companies, it mm-hmm. fell on Monday and it'll start out this morning at 6110. All right, and as you folks in Bloomberg get back in the game after the long holiday weekend, what are some of the things that you are watching for today and the rest of this shortened week, Gina? Well, today we have reports on manufacturing orders, and we also get the minutes from the Fed's June meeting. The Fed has mapped out plans to reduce its balance sheet. They've left out some details, including when they might start to do that, and the minutes could provide clues about whether they'll start that asset reduction before another rate hike. As you know, they lifted rates in June and signaled one more hike this year. So we'll be watching for those. And then tomorrow, we have a couple of early job market indicators ahead of Friday's release of the June employment report from the government. Before then, we also get an update on consumer comfort and the wide-ranging services part of the U.S. economy. So even though it's a shortened week, we still have a lot of things to watch for here. Absolutely right. And you'll be keeping track and join us every morning for the Bloomberg Business Report. Um, Wrapping it up here this morning, apparently the folks who make motorcycles are looking to gin up sales by putting the focus on a particular demographic. What can you tell us there? That's right. It's the younger adults, millennials. The industry is hoping that they can rev up the industry because sales peaked in 2006 for motorcycles. But in 2009, after the recession, they plummeted by 41 percent and then another 14 percent the following year, according to a trade group. Bike makers have been working to make their brand more visible to the younger crowd. For example, the California Music Festival Coachella has become a major marketing forum for Polaris's Indian brand, and it has a starter bike called the Scout 60. In 2003, only about a quarter of U.S. motorcycle riders were 50 and older. By 2014, it was close to half. So motorcycle riders are aging, and they want to bring in a younger crowd here. That's interesting. Let me bring in Yaffe, our executive producer, Gina, here. You're in the millennial demographic. We call it the Yaffe generation here in Good Morning Orlando. You ever thought about a motorcycle, Yaffe? Nope. Never. Why? Because mm. they're dangerous. Really? I've known, I've known too many people who have been killed on them. Yeah. Great gas mileage. Yeah, that's true. But still too dangerous. And <laughs> For any, me, yeah, I don't trust myself on one of those things. Gotcha. Very interesting. <laughs> so I don't know whether Yaffe's representative or not, Gina, but it looks like the motorcycle companies may have a little bit of a headwind there when they go after the younger market. We'll watch for it. Gina, thank you for being with us as always. Great to have you here in the Bloomberg Business Report. Have a great day in New York. We'll catch you tomorrow. All right. Have a good one, bud. Thanks. Thank you. Thank you so much.
Um, Yaffe, I happen to feel the same way, but I'm no longer the target demographic, you know, for the motorcycles. And I've covered too many stories over the years. It isn't just Bike Week. It's all over in the news business when I was in the television game as an anchor. And there were just too many people, you know, who were just so seriously injured or didn't survive motorcycle crashes. When you don't have that sheet metal around you, boy, I'm, I'm telling you, you're a sitting duck for some some motorist who doesn't know what they're doing, you know, let alone, you know, I mean, even if you're doing the right thing on a motorcycle. I, I've talked to many who've ridden motorcycles, and, and I'm not anti-motorcycle, I and mean, that's an individual decision, but, um, you know, who have said, when you commit to being a motorcycle rider, keep in mind that the bad crash, whether you survive it or not, it's not a case of if, it's a case of when. Really? Yeah. Yeesh. I've heard more no, than thanks. one tell me that. <laughs> No, yeah. thanks. Let yeah. other people do that. There's too many other ways to roll the dice, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, understand. In a moment, we're hopping on the Trump train, which the which the, the ATM machine, the anti-Trump media machine, as we call it here on the show, uh, are really loath to report. They really de-emphasize this stuff. But there's a lot of good stuff aboard the Trump train in a moment, and I'm going to share it with you, and we're going to talk about it. 407 916 5400, our text line 23680. We'll dig in on that. And of course, we'll bring you an update on Orlando's news, weather, and traffic in only two minutes on News Radio 1025 WFLA. All right, 644, right on time. The Trump train is pulling out of the station, loaded with all kinds of goodies, not getting much attention from the ATM machine, the anti Trump media machine. Did you know that manufacturing is picking up? Bloomberg's got a big story on this. How American factories powered up in June at the fastest pace in nearly three years, robust advances in production orders and employment, indicating a firming of the economy under Trump, faster growths in orders and production in the final month of the quarter, indicating solid demand, together with rising exports, shows manufacturing on solid footing. The government measure of factory payrolls uh, released in conjunction with all of this uh, indicate that um, they will be rebounding in the um, in the month of June when the numbers are in. 15 of 18 industries surveyed by the Purchasing Managers Group posting growth in June, including machinery, transportation, equipment, computer, electronic products, petroleum, coal products, etc. You know, don't tell me the president doesn't have anything to do with this. He's got an awful lot to do with it, with the executive orders he's signed and the measures he's gotten through Congress and just the general atmosphere that he has created in the business sector. Um, Also, more good news on the Trump train here. From February through May, we're talking illegal immigration. Illegals caught or stopped along the southern border of the United States fell by 60% from the same period last year, and the president doesn't even have the wall up yet that he is still reaffirming this past weekend that he will get built. The message is out there. Don't come. The atmosphere is not welcoming for those of you breaking into the United States of America. I just saw a report on Fox a moment ago that arrests by ICE of illegals are up 40%. And now the number of people trying to get into this country is dropping like a rock. The word has gone out to Mexico and Central America, don't come. Things are not going to go well. That's the way it needs to be. Legal immigration, yes. Illegal immigration, no, never. President Trump has changed everything even before the wall goes up. Stock prices, Gina just told you, record high on the Dow right now. 
gas prices. Have you noticed they were the lowest on the 4th of July when they're normally going through the roof for the summer driving demand? The lowest they've been in 12 years. You can buy gas in this town for about a buck 91 a gallon. 407-916-5400. Then there's another story that'll never get much attention. The compassion of Donald Trump, who stepped in on Monday to defend a brain-damaged British baby whose parents have lost a legal battle in the U.K., to keep the little one on life support. The president's saying, if we can help little Charlie guard as per our friends in the UK and the Pope, we would be delighted to do so. He's got a genetic condition, uh, loss of muscle function and brain damage. Ultimately, it will be terminal. And here's what's happened. Under what the left wants in this country, a single-payer, universal, government-run health care system, they've essentially played the death panel card, and said, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, you're no longer going to be able to treat your child here because his case is hopeless. The president says, bring him over here to the United States. We'll do everything we can to save him. Pretty cool, I think. That's what I find on the Trump train this morning. Didn't hear about too much of that, did you, over the weekend from the anti-Trump media machine? Neither did I. That's why we are here. Fox has dropped the fair and balanced moniker, okay? I wouldn't mind picking that one up. Because we tried to give you some kind of a counterbalance to all of the relentless negative coverage of this president. The left-leaning media truly loathes. Where are you on how this president is doing and how this presidency is doing? Forget the approval ratings you see out there. Tell me where you are. Good stuff happening? You concerned about this president and how this is going to go for the next three and a half years or seven and a half years? 407-916-5400. Let's talk about it. 407-916-5400. You know, Yaffe and I were just talking off the air. We're going to open up the 50,000-watt front porch on tomorrow's edition of the show, and we'll have even more information on the situation with North Korea and, uh, you know, all of the pundits and all of the world leaders' ideas about what, if anything, can be done here in this situation. I don't know of anybody who's come up with a really good answer to the North Korean problem now that they are clearly an expanding nuclear-capable state so we'll talk about it on the show tomorrow mike and that's yeah a good i don't one. i don't know if i have the answer either <laughs> to be honest i mean i've heard several different things trump keeps saying he wants china and japan to really do the heavy lifting and, and take care of it so what does that look like i don't know it's a, it's a really tough situation well it really is and the president has said you know we are not going to allow uh you know uh, a, a North Korea with long-range nuclear missiles. Well, all right, if that's if that's the if that's the commitment from the commander in chief, what is it going to take to get that done, and what are the risks involved? So we're going to uh, be do- talking about it here on the program tomorrow on opening up the phones. Back to the Trump train, Yaffe. You know, it it is amazing when you look at it. Um, even without major legislation that he wants passed, health care tax reform. As evidenced by all I had on the Trump train this morning, there's a lot of really good, positive things that are happening in this country. Well, I mean, there's no doubt that Trump is much more a pro-business president than Obama was. 
And that alone creates an environment that, you know, spurs growth. But I will say this, the Republicans in Congress need to get on board and pass some legislation because it's not going to be good enough what we have now. A lot of this is hope for the future. Right. That tax reform will be passed, that health care reform will be passed, that Dodd-Frank will be repealed. If that stuff doesn't happen, a lot of this can be slowed. Right. Because you don't have the kind of um, support, or at least it isn't overt. You don't hear much about it, you know, from the president's party in Congress. There are a lot of people who don't like him in Congress, even in his own party. You know, and and I maintain that, you know, things like uh, like uh, really provocative tweets are probably not a good way to uh, to coalesce support around your policies. But he seems to think otherwise. So, you know, there's no way well, nobody else can stop him. I can't stop him on some of that stuff. And plus, we're finding out that a lot of the Republicans in the House and Senate are not con- as conservative as they said they were. Right. You know, they campaign and said they're real hard conservatives. And then when it comes to actually have conservative legislation on the board, they're too scared to actually do it, which is a real problem, I think. One of the more remarkable stories is how even without a wall, look what's happened to the influx of illegal immigrants in this country. The word has gone out, you know, from people who are here illegally and their families to those who would come, don't do it. It's not a welcoming atmosphere, and you're likely to get arrested just as we're likely to get arrested and deported, you know? And and what they are doing right now, even without the wall, is having a remarkable effect. Well, there is no doubt, too, that that is directly related to Donald Trump being president. That would not be happening if Hillary Clinton were president right now. And, yeah, it's like you said— the wall hasn't even been built, but they know that Trump, under Trump administration, they're enforcing the immigration laws a lot more. And, you, I mean, the New York Times even had a piece talking to them, saying you know, and asking why they aren't coming here. And that's why, because Trump's president and they're scared. Right. And that's fine. I like that. That That is an amazing. Oh, yeah. That is an amazing. Well, that is an amazing deterrent that has been created by this president. You know, and it really is. So. Stories that are not nearly told enough in the anti-Trump media, the ATM machine. The stories will be uncovered, and they will be told here by the Bud Man and company on the 50,000-watt front porch, where we are freedom-loving Americans, as in WFLA. Not above criticizing this president, but he's doing a lot of good things that here, at least, will, I pledge, Continue to see the light of day. Deborah Roberts joining us here in just a moment to get us all up to date on the news as the president heads to Europe for critical meetings. She'll set the table in advance of our live report with our man on the foreign desk. And at CENTCOM, the focus still on terrorism. We'll find out all about it. Good morning, Orlando. We are glad you're with us on a Wednesday at 659. Good morning, Orlando. Hope you had a great 4th of July celebration. Welcome to the 7 o'clock hour here on the Wednesday edition of Good Morning, Orlando. As we update Orlando's news, weather, and traffic for you on News Radio 1025 WFLA. I'm Bud Hedinger. And I'm Deborah Roberts. And our top stories this morning President Trump heads to Europe for critical meetings. And at CENTCOM, the focus is still on terrorism. We'll have the details coming up in one minute. And in 10 minutes, a live report with our man working the foreign desk on the highs. Takes Trump trip to Europe. 
And a judge rules the revised Stand Your Ground law in Florida unconstitutional. I'll tell you what you need to know next on Good Morning Orlando. Good Wednesday morning at 7.03 on News Radio 102.5. Terrorism, Syria, and the conflict in Ukraine are likely to be discussed when President Trump meets with Russian President Vladimir Putin Friday. White House officials say they're not likely to discuss Russian hacking of the U.S. voting systems in the last election. The two will meet on the sidelines of the G20 summit in Hamburg, Germany. The first official bilateral meeting between a U.S. and Russian president in two years comes amid ongoing tensions between the two countries. National Security Advisor H.R. McMaster says it's really going to be whatever the president wants to talk about. This news brought to you by Trusco Bank, Florida's hometown bank. During this Independence Day week, Army Colonel John Thomas of U.S. Central Command in Tampa says the war on terrorism remains the focus at MacDill Air Force Base. It's not going to go away. And I think one of the issues is we need people to pay attention uh, we need them to engage with their with their political leaders and support the effort that the soldiers, sailors, airmen, marines, and the civilians are giving to that effort because it can be exhausting. Thomas says the fight against ISIS has been largely successful as coalition forces put more emphasis and resources in Syria and Yemen. CENTCOM includes 5,000 people and more than 150 members of the international coalition. Overseas news reports say an electronics ban on flights from Turkey and on Emirates Airlines to the U.S. has been lifted. The Dogen News Agency says a three-month-old ban on taking laptops and other electronic devices onto airplanes was lifted today. The report said Turkish Airlines accepted passengers with electronic devices on a flight from Istanbul to New York City this morning. An electronic ban remains in effect at airports in Egypt, Morocco, Jordan, Kuwait, Qatar, and Saudi Arabia. The ban was lifted on Etihad Airways. Uh, Etihad Airways flights out of Abu Dhabi on Sunday. An NYPD officer is dead after being shot in an ambush attack in the Bronx. NYPD Commissioner James O'Neill says it was an unprovoked attack, with the gunman firing a single shot at the officer as she sat in a mobile command center with her partner at about 12.30 this morning. The 12-year veteran who was with the 46th Precinct was shot in the head and died several hours later. An innocent bystander shot in the stomach is reportedly in stable condition. The gunman shot and killed by police has been identified as 34-year-old Alexander Bonds, a Manhattan man out on parole for robbery. Boy, this is something. Now, that's an update. When we came on the air, we had the um, New York police officer uh, fighting for life, and, and now the word is... She has died. Boy, and, and, and we, we don't fully know now that the gunman is dead what exactly was the motivation here? Although this guy's obviously a bad actor who's had some problems with the law. I was going to say, and, and may just harbor a, a real bad resentment toward the law, saw this mobile command uh, center sitting there and just stuck his hand in the window, fired a single shot. And assassinated a New York City police officer. And a 12-year veteran. Mm. Back here in the Sunshine State, a South Florida man is dead after ramming a car full of propane tanks into his ex-girlfriend's apartment building. Police in Fort Pierce say 31-year-old Carl Filbert drove a white four-door sedan through the front windows of a ground-floor apartment on Highway 1 Tuesday. Five adults and a child escaped out the back door as the car exploded and set the apartments on fire. No one was hurt in the explosion except Filbert, who died at the scene. And a Michigan man who thought it would be a good idea to use fireworks to get rid of bees is now out of a garage. Mike Tingley of Grand Blanc hoped the smoke from the fireworks would force the bees out, but the rockets instead blasted off and burned down the building Monday. 
Fortunately, Tingley, his wife and daughter and home are fine. However, his plans for a 4th of July barbecue went up in smoke. <laughs> what was he thinking of, Deb? I don't know. <laughs> Wasn't thinking. Florida story? Flor- no, Michigan. Oh, my goodness. Michigan. Let's spread it around a yeah, little. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> he must be a transplant from Florida. That's my suspect. It must be a connection somewhere. <laughs> WFLA News Time 707. Read about an apartment listing going viral for its hilarious ultra-American description. Online now at 1025WFLA.com. The second hour of Good Morning Orlando starts now. News, weather, traffic. This is Good Morning Orlando with Bud Hedinger and Deborah Roberts on News Radio 1025. And Yappy producing in the control room. We are glad you're with us. Good morning, Orlando, from the Front Gate Realty Studio. Visit LauraHasTheBuyers.com. We're going to connect with Bill Zim for our fine uh, News Radio 1025 national correspondent working the foreign desk with all you need to know about the high stakes, tri- high stakes trip to Europe that begins today for President Trump. Stay with us on that and a big stand your ground law story later in this half hour. We'll update all of this and we'll bring you an update as well on Orlando's news, weather, and traffic in only two minutes on News Radio 1025 WFLA. Always a pleasure to connect with our News Radio 1025 correspondent Bill Zim for working the foreign desk and uh, focus this morning on the high stakes trip to Europe that begins today for President Trump. Good Wednesday morning to you, Bill. Thanks for coming on board. No problem. My pleasure, bud. Good to be with you. And yeah, the president heads out today. First stop will be Poland, where he will meet with the Polish president and attend a summit in Warsaw. Uh, expected to be a good visit there. Uh, he has uh, uh, said Poland is a vital ally in Eastern Europe. And uh, But then he moves on to the G20 in Hamburg, where there are a series of meetings scheduled and some big issues to discuss. No doubt about that. No question about it. And everybody's also talking about what will come of his first face-to-face with Russian leader Vladimir Putin. That is scheduled for Friday. How about we put the spotlight on that? What do you know at this point? Well, uh, yeah, the two are going to have a formal meeting uh, as opposed to what they call a pull-aside at these conferences where you just get the two leaders together and say, hey, come here for a second, we've got to talk. This is actually a formatted, scheduled meeting. Now, the big question is going to be, is President Trump going to play it soft? and say, yeah, we'd like to improve relations, and I think you're a really good guy, and I think we can work together? Or is he going to call him out on things like the invasion of Ukraine, on his backing of Bashar al-Assad in Syria, on uh, the Russian election meddling in this country, on U.S. sanctions for annexation of Crimea? Uh, is he going to approach those tough subjects, or is he going to soft-pedal it to Vladimir Putin? That's going to be the big, big thing. Now, it looks like the White House is still holding their cards pretty much close to the vest on this and and not letting too much out about exactly what will be on the table when the two leaders meet. But I have to ask you, um, because you're very close to this and you follow it all the time, these foreign uh, issues, Mm -hmm. what would be the strategy for the president to not confront Putin on issues of um, the Russians meddling in our elections? I mean, the entire intel community here wherever you go, will absolutely tell you that's an absolute lock. It happened. I mean, uh, what would be the strategy for not confronting Putin on that? Well, I I think that he may confront him on it, but Vladimir Putin's answer, I I probably could answer as well as Vladimir Putin could. Vladimir Putin could say uh, that's nonsense, and there was none. And then the question is, uh, do you push it from there? 
And I have a feeling that uh, President Trump is going to bring these things up, but is not going to press the issues once you get the denial from, uh, from Vladimir Putin, because it would be counter to any other things they hope to accomplish there uh, in, uh, at the G20 and at this uh, particular meeting. So I don't think he's going to go too far with it, but he probably will bring some of these things up. Bill Zim for work on the Foreign Desk, our News Radio 1025 correspondent on the Trump trip to Europe. Thank you so much, Bill. I appreciate the update. Always a pleasure, Bud. Have a good day. You too, my friend. Good morning, Orlando. Rolls on for the Frontgate Realty Studio. Visit laurahasthebuyers.com. Uh, in a moment, there's a judge in Florida who I think is one of these, you know, I don't know if he's not a rogue judge, he's an outlier type of judge, okay? I don't think he's going to prevail with this, but he has suddenly ruled the revised Stand Your Ground law in Florida. Uh, unconstitutional. I'll tell you what we know and where I think this thing is going, and we'll talk about it in a moment. 407-916-5400, text line 23680. You know, the last time I checked, the legislature, whether it be at the state level or the federal level, makes the laws in this country. The judiciary does not make the laws, okay? Well, we got another judge here, this time in Florida, who doesn't see it that way and is flexing his muscles. This judge, we'll talk about him in a moment, decided Monday, and I wasn't here on Monday morning, and you may have been away for a long holiday weekend as I was, we kept our eye on it for you. A judge decided Monday in Florida that Florida lawmakers overstepped their authority in updating the state's stand-your-ground law. Um... He ruled it's unconstitutional. This is Miami-Dade Circuit Judge Milton Hirsch said the changes should have been crafted by the Florida Supreme Court, by the judiciary, instead of by the legislature? I don't think so. I don't think so. The legislature modified in this past session the 2005 Stand Your Ground statute here. Governor Rick Scott signed it into law last month. The new law requires prosecutors to shoulder the burden of disproving a self-defense claim. Under the law now, prosecutors must prove by clear and convincing evidence that someone wasn't acting in self-defense, instead of that burden being on the defendant. This is proper. This is the way this should have gone. The legislature passed it. The governor signed it. This judge is trying to block it. We're talking about Miami-Dade Circuit Judge Milton Hirsch. Maybe we shouldn't be surprised. This guy has an interesting history. Hirsch was the first judge to weigh in on the, the new law. Since becoming a judge in 2010, he has often ruled, the Miami Herald reports, on broader legal issues, sometimes upending conventional norms. Earlier this year, as an example, Judge Hirsch ruled that Miami-Dade County's Inmate detention policy spurred by President Trump's threats to withhold funding violated the Constitution. 2012, Hirsch rules that prosecutors could not say a fingerprint found at a crime scene was a controversial match, a decision later overturned by an appeals court. 2011, when a Tampa federal judge ruled that Florida's drug law was unconstitutional, it was Judge Hirsch in South Florida was the only local state judge to follow suit. He tossed out more than two dozen cases but Miami's appeals court later reversed Hirsch's decision. Uh, lawmakers across the state are weighing in. I got tweets all over the place here. House Speaker Richard Corcoran, uh, he gets it. He's exactly where I am on this. He says it is the role of the legislature to write the laws that govern how Floridians may exercise their statutory and constitutional rights. 
The Florida House will continue to stand with ordinary citizens who exercise their right to self-defense. And Rob Bradley um, from Fleming Island is the Republican who sponsored the legislation to change Florida's stand-your-ground law to put the burden on the prosecutors, not on the defendant. That's the way it should be. Bradley says the Miami trial court ruling attacks the legislature's role in defining and protecting our constitutional rights. The good news here, this is not the definitive word on this. And this will be challenged in other court decisions along the way. And legal experts who know more about Florida law than I will ever know, almost to a person as I am reading, are saying that this judge, this outlier, if not outright rogue, Judge Hirsch in South Florida, will not prevail. But there you go. There it is. Another member of the judiciary who does not understand the separation of powers and where the powers are within the judiciary and where they end, and that the legislature makes the laws in this country. Anyway, and and to have this thing to say it has to be refined, it has to be looked at by the Florida Supreme Court, that is not the proper role of the judiciary in this case, in my view and the view of many legal experts. You want to weigh in on that? I'll take calls in the next segment, 407-916-5400. I don't think the revised Stand Your Ground law, and I like the change in it, is 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 going uh, to be shot down ultimately by this. Just another judge. we got to get his mind right, as they used to say in Cool Hand Luke. Remember that? Boy, Deb, there's an awful lot going on in the international scene, the whole North Korea situation, and, of course, President Trump will soon be wheels up on his way overseas to Europe, right? Yeah, for a series of critical meetings, his first stop is Poland, where Trump will be joining a conference of Central European and Baltic nations. The president is expected to give a major speech in Warsaw tomorrow. It'll be his first major public address in Europe. On Friday, Trump will meet with Russian President Vladimir Putin during the G20 summit in Hamburg, Germany. This news brought to you by Trusco Bank, Florida's hometown bank. And back here in the Sunshine State, we've got more Florida. Oh, man. Endless yeah. supply, Dad. Endless supply. You can always count on that. Yeah, exactly. But this is this has an animal twist to it. Rather than, you know, people behaving stupidly, this mm-hmm. is animals. One family is lucky to have escaped unscathed its recent trip to a park. Estero's Susie Ramsey took her family to Silver Spring State Park in Ocala last week when wild monkeys started to attack. They've had monkeys up there for, I think, generations. Yeah. She says four large monkeys, believed to be males, charged and surrounded the family while grunting and hissing. Whoa. The family was able to get away without injury, but Ramsey says she wishes there were more signs warning about potential dangers. So there should be a sign that says, you know, these wild monkeys are here and you should take precaution. Well, the Florida Park Service says it posts signs and flyers warning visitors to keep a safe distance from the monkeys and not feed them. And there are two areas of the park that have been closed due to the increasing number of wild monkeys, the Ross Island Boardwalk and the Sea Hunt Deck. And when I was out at Homosassa Springs Mm -hmm. swimming with the manatees at the Homosassa State Wildlife Park, they had an island with monkeys, too, who would jump on the boats and steal people's things. No kidding. Yeah, they would have to get, you know, crew to go onto the island and retrieve everyone's cameras and water bottles and wallets. Let's throw a book at them. Lock them up. Pilfering monkeys. <laughs> they sound like a bunch of pirates. I think they've seen that new movie that's coming out, oh. War of the Planet of the Apes. Yeah. 
So they're just, they're getting inspired to take over. Yeah, they are. Between it's them a, and the robots, I don't know how we're going to survive. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't either. I got to tell you, that's scary that what happened oh, up is. at Silver Springs, I mean, the idea that they all organized. Well, they're, they're troop, you know. They're, yeah, I know that, but, but they actually, they, they, they figured out a strategy to intimidate the human beings. I mean, they, you know, gather and surround them? Yeah. Wow. I told sound, you, a war. Sound like it's velociraptors. Coming. Yeah, it is. <laughs> velociraptors, yeah. jeez. It's going to be the monkeys, the robots, the cockroaches, and the velociraptors. We are done for. Mm-mm. Well, listen, speaking of pirates, mm-hmm. yo-ho, yo-ho, no pirate's wife for me. Disneyland's Pirates of the Caribbean ride is losing a scene where a bound and tearful woman is on the auction block for pirates to buy as a wife. Yeah, I know. That's going around and around and around, right? Well, that's a different scene. Okay. But a banner that now says, auction, take a wench for a bride, will be changed to auction, surrender your loot. And the woman on the auction block will herself become a pirate. I know there's a lot of guys who'd like to sell their wives to pirates. (laughs) Is this this, uh, um, knuckling under... To PC, is that what's going on here? Well, Disney uh, Disneyland spokeswoman Susie Brown says the changes will be made at the Paris Park in July and at the Anaheim, California, and Florida parks next year. And yes, the change is the most recent of several updates to the ride to match modern sensibilities, including one. This was the scene you're referring to, uh, a scene that was altered to have pirates chasing a woman's food instead of the woman. And really? finally, yeah. Have there, been, have there been complaints, do you suppose? People get off that wonderful, iconic ride and complain? I mean, what is the deal here? Bud, people complain about everything. People are offended by Is it because everything. there wasn't a sign <laughs> the, warning against this? I, I just think it's funny. They're, are, were pirates offended? Is that what happened? Pirate I, customers? Oh, they're making us look bad. <laughs> I mean... <laughs> <laughs> of I'm course gonna, pirates are supposed to look bad. I'm going to let you guys wax poetic on that. <laughs> what else you got? Yeah. Well, Independence Day is over, but the summer is still showing some skin. It's National Bikini Day, something Whoa. I will not be celebrating. Whoa. Yeah, and something you may not know. The celebrated swimsuit was named for the Bikini Atoll in the Pacific, where the U.S. used to conduct nuclear tests. Yeah, that's where they, the original ones were yeah. were. Detonated. And it may not help with getting that beach body, but it's also National Graham Cracker Day and National Apple Turnover Day. Those I will solidly celebrate. Absolutely. There's nothing better than dunking oh. a graham cracker in milk. Oh, no. And then chasing it with an apple turnover. <laughs> <laughs> Good stuff, Deb. You're welcome. Deborah Roberts with our news, top and bottom of the hour, whenever it breaks. Um, if you were with us at 6 o'clock, I shared something that I ran into over the weekend, courtesy of President Trump, who tweeted out a video, and it wasn't it, it, that 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 was at an event where he had spoken. And believe it or not, the song, which I think is a rousing new patriotic song that I hope catches on, but I fear never will, was entitled "Make America Great Again." I captured the audio, and we're going to play it for you in a moment. There aren't a lot of great, brand-new patriotic songs. I love this one, and I wonder if you will, too. Stay with me, and uh, we'll listen to Make America Great Again, which had its premiere performance over the 4th of July weekend. So that in Orlando's news, weather, and traffic directly ahead in two minutes on News Radio 1025 WFLA. 
There's nothing like American patriotic music, but it's been a long time, in my opinion, since a really top-flight patriotic song has come on the scene. Maybe since Lee Greenwood, right? Um, There is another one that is out there now, and it was performed publicly for the first time at the big Celebrate Freedom concert at the Kennedy Performing Arts Center in Washington, D.C. on Saturday night, where President Trump spoke. Now, they had the entire Dallas, Texas First Baptist Church Choir and Orchestra in Washington, and they were phenomenal with all of the traditional patriotic songs that you would associate with a Fourth of July celebration of our freedom. And then they unveiled a song that had been written by a former music director at that church, pegged to the slogan of the Commander-in-Chief and the President of the United States, Donald Trump. Here is Make America Great Again. applauding right along with them. I think that's a terrific song. I don't know if it'll become a patriotic standard, but why not? Oh, why not? Because it would be the focus of angry protests by the left everywhere it was played for only one reason. Two reasons. They don't think America ever was great. Certainly not great now. Not destined to be great ever. And they hate Donald Trump. And that's his slogan. Aside from that, Yaffe, I love Make America Great Again. You don't think it rises to the level of America the Beautiful or God Bless America or the Battle Hymn? Well, no, no, of course not. Well, is that just because it's new and it hasn't sunk in yet? No, I mean, when you're saying, you know, I expect patriotic, real patriotic songs to talk about the greatness of America. When you're saying Make America Great Again, you're saying it's not great now. It's a political slogan that's saying... Trump's going to make America great again because it's not great and wasn't great 
under but Obama it, but, but, and before. But it, but it doesn't have any any uh, uh, Trump policy in it. It doesn't have any partisanship in it. I mean, it but it does be in, the, in the statement "Make America Great Again." It kind of does because you're saying it's not great now because of the current uh, policies, and Trump will make it great again. I so know. I mean, it's a political. So I mean, I like it. It's good, but yeah. it's you not what, God bless you know, America. You know what's interesting to me, though? I th- I just realized this. What I just played for you came right out of that concert. But I have other words, additional words that were not part of what we just heard here. Um, and and, and among them. Americans from every corner of this blessed land, come together with one voice. Help us take a stand, following the vision to make her proud and grand, to make America great again. Like the mighty eagle that is rising on the wind, is soaring toward our destiny. Hearts and voices blend with a mighty melody. Oh, let the song begin and make America great again. Each and every state, make America great again. I don't understand why those weren't there in what we heard at the Kennedy Center. I just realized that. That was an incomplete version, Yeah, But you're going to have to sing the whole version. I'm about ready to. <laughs> you're going to have to. Yeah, I think I'll do that you get, during, during you get the get the Colgate 13 and yes, do it. Get my boys. I think you should. Yeah, now there's too many liberals in that group. We have a <laughs> politics-free zone. If we ever tried to learn this song, we'd kill each other. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> that would be fun to watch, though. Yeah, thanks a lot, pal. <laughs> anyway, anybody on the song as incomplete as the lyrics? seemed to have been that was the first performance of make america great again at the celebrate freedom concert at the kennedy performing arts center in washington where the president spoke over the weekend am i the only one who thinks that song's pretty cool 407-916-5400 text line 23680 great to be back with you here thanks to yaffe for hosting on monday when i was off to build a long four-day family fourth of july weekend and it was just absolutely great and Yaffe, um, you're going to be on the 50,000-watt front porch holding court with your own primetime show tonight, right? Yes, I'll be on 8 to 10 p.m. tonight with Beyond Reason Radio. It's always some kind of breaking news that happens during the day, so we'll talk about it, take calls, and you'll get my take as well. All right. By then, President Trump will be in Europe, in Poland. He's uh, about to go wheels up out of uh, Andrews uh, um, joint airbase right now. We're looking at that on the monitor. And uh, for the best in primetime talk radio, it's my executive producer with his own show, Beyond Reason, tonight, 8 to 10, and you'll be taking calls and the text line will be open, right? Yeah, so we'll see what happens during the day and I'll talk about the latest stuff. And he'll be back. Be a lot of fun as always. Bright-eyed, I have no idea how he does it. The man is in sleep-optional mode all the time, back at producing the show tomorrow morning, right? Uh, yes. Okay. There was a little bit of hesitation because I, I am a little tired. Well, come on now. <laughs> no, I'm scared. <laughs> Don't bail on the bud, man. <laughs> um, listen, it was a great Fourth of July, and um, I have to tell you that um, nothing, nothing lights me up like celebrating our freedom and our independence. All the great songs, et cetera, et cetera. President had a couple of great appearances and great speeches, but I do worry about the state of patriotism in America. And I'll tell you why I think it is so important that we continue to nurture that glue that binds us together as Americans. But I see that glue weakening. In many cases, I see it all but disappearing. And the ramifications of that, in my view, should concern us all. My take and yours on the state of patriotism in America on this day after the 4th of July edition of Good Morning Orlando. Coming up right after Deb brings us the news update at 8 o'clock on President Trump heading over to Europe for critical meetings and 
Florida's Republican congressman, her old friend Ron DeSantis, weighing in on North Korea's latest ICBM missile test. Good morning, Orlando, at exactly 8 o'clock. Good morning, Orlando. Top of the morning to you here at the top of the 8 o'clock hour as we update you on Orlando's news, weather, and traffic on News Radio 1025 WFLA. I'm Bud Hedinger. And I'm Deborah Roberts. And our top stories this morning President Trump heads to Europe, and Florida congressman Ron DeSantis weighs in on North Korea's latest missile test. We'll have all those details coming up in one minute. And what is the state of patriotism in America today? We'll debate it next on Good Morning Orlando. And good Wednesday morning. It's 8.03 on News Radio 1025. President Trump is leaving Washington at this moment for Europe this morning for a series of critical meetings. His first stop is Poland. Trump will be joining a conference of Central European and Baltic nations, and then he'll give a major speech in Warsaw tomorrow. He's expected to reassure NATO countries about the U.S. commitment to the alliance. It'll be Trump's first major public address in Europe. Then on Friday, the president sits down with Russian President Vladimir Putin for an official bilateral meeting during the G20 summit in Hamburg, Germany. The first official bilateral meeting between a U.S. and Russian president in two years comes amid ongoing tensions between the two countries. This news brought to you by Trusco Bank, Florida's hometown bank. In other news from overseas, a closed-door meeting of the U.N. Security Council is expected to take place today after North Korea's latest missile test. U.S. officials believe the intercontinental ballistic missile fired early Tuesday has a range of at least 3,500 miles, which means it could possibly reach Alaska or Seattle. It's the first time the isolated communist country has tested such a missile. The land GOP Congressman Ron DeSantis says there's no easy answer to stopping North Korea's nuclear weapons program. There's really only three ways. You can just do economic, diplomatic, political pressure. Very difficult to get that. You've got to convince Kim Jong-un that his regime will live longer if they don't go the nuclear route than if they do. I, I think he's made the calculation nukes really will keep him in power. DeSantis says a military response by the U.S. and South Korea could turn ugly quickly. The ICBM traveled about 600 miles before landing in the Sea of Japan. A Reddit user who posted a video showing Donald Trump fighting CNN is now apologizing to the news outlet. The video shows a professional wrestling stunt from 2007 that had Trump punching out WWE leader Vince McMahon, except the user superimposed the CNN logo over McMahon's face. The president retweeted the video Sunday and called CNN fraud news. On Tuesday, the user who posted the video apologized and said it was a prank and nothing more. The user said it was created purely as satire and was not meant to be a call to violence against CNN or any other news affiliation. Meanwhile, a new poll says Americans trust CNN more than they do Donald Trump. The president has called CNN fake news, but a new poll from SurveyMonkey says 50 percent of adults trust CNN more than they do Trump compared with 43% who trust Trump. Whether people trusted CNN or Trump, of course, depends largely on their politics. The poll said 89% of Republicans trust Trump more than CNN, while 91% of Democrats trust CNN more. Over 50% of independents polled say they trust CNN over Trump. And finally, earlier we had mentioned that Joey Chestnut set a new record and is once again the hot dog eating champion after chowing down 72 dogs in 10 minutes. But here in Florida, 21 competitors with an appetite for the Florida Keys signature dessert stepped into the limelight Tuesday during Key West Mile High Key Lime Pie Eating Contest. The winner, Texas attorney Trey Bergman, has some advice for those who want to try it next year. 
If you want to win this contest, don't eat breakfast, don't eat a heavy dinner, don't breathe while you're eating. Got that part covered. Bergman finished his pie in 51.92 seconds. By the way, in case you did not know, key lime pie is the state pie of Florida. That I did not know. I love the stuff when it's good. You know, it varies widely. It should Sorry, be. I love You're key a big pie. key lime guy. Sorry, <laughs> yeah, he's all over this. I one. know. He's like, oh, I will. you should do that contest next year, Mike. Yeah, well, I, mean, I, I mean, I wouldn't win. Now, did, did he polish off a whole pie in 51 seconds? Is that what you're a saying? A whole pie. Wow. He even wears a swimming cap for it. He says it helps cut through the uh, whipped cream. <laughs> Help you get to the crust a little bit quicker. <laughs> See, I'd be too busy enjoying it. I know. Eating all this is so good. You realize this is a contest, but I just want to enjoy this pie. <laughs> but if you're hungry enough, think of if you could eat two pies. Okay. So so you only how does the contest work? You only won, but you have to eat it in the fastest, or is it? I think we should change the rules for you next year and make it one pie, and everyone gets at least one minute to enjoy it, and then game on. Nobody oh, wants to watch that. That's I don't good. Know. You, you, all you need to do is go on the internet. You find out people enjoy a whole lot of weird stuff out there. That's no good point. question. Eating a key lime pie would be the least of it. Most of it shows up when, on a Deb report, you know, <laughs> yeah, here on yes, <laughs> Good Morning Orlando. Thanks, Deb. You're welcome. WFLA News Time. It's 8.08. You can read about the five U.S. cities with the most and least divorce online now at 1025WFLA.com. The third hour of Good Morning Orlando starts now. From News Radio 1025, this is Good Morning Orlando. It was a great 4th of July celebration, wasn't it? Then why am I worried about the state of patriotism in America? Let me share some of those concerns in a moment and get your take as well. The state of patriotism in America. How do you feel on that topic? 407-916-5400. My text line, 236-80. We'll dig in on that topic here, appropriate for the day after the 4th of July, I think. We'll have that for you. And, of course, we'll update Orlando's news, weather, and traffic in two minutes on News Radio 102.5 WFLA. The president going wheels up as we speak. But, Yaffe, we know there are two Air Force Ones, okay? They got to have a backup for the president, okay? Never seen them together. There they were, one sitting on the runway while the other taxied by it. I've never seen that before. Interesting. Yeah, it looked kind of weird, actually. Strange, yeah. <laughs> to see them both there, but it looks like they're both going. Yeah, they were both. They both seem to be functioning. I wonder if that was just like, you know what? It's a European trip with a tight schedule. He's absolutely got to make it. It's not a campaign rally where if they don't make it or if they're a couple of hours late, that's okay. Maybe it was, hey, we got to have the other one out here in case something goes wrong and they can't fire up an engine or something and then move everybody over to the backup. I'd love to know the backstory on that. It's something you and I had never seen before. Both Air Force Ones on the screen at the same time. Maybe one's like a decoy. So they have one go one way, one Ooh, the other way. And... I don't know. Now you're getting that little intrigue there. <laughs> anyway, there you go. Um, so, I mean, it was just great. The, the 4th of July was terrific. We had a great family celebration. A couple of little grandkids. Brindley is six locally. And uh, 
and Ashlyn is three. And I'll tell you, their mommies and daddies are raising them to love this country. You know, they're dripping red, white, and blue and all decked out and loving this country and starting to sing the patriotic songs, and it is a joy to behold. I I hate to tell you, I think it's the exception rather than the rule. Maybe I'm wrong, and I worry about the state of patriotism in this country. And one thing that got me thinking about it, but not the only thing, was the very recent Fox poll that showed only 51% of Americans are proud of their country now down from a high of 69% in 2011. 45% of voters not proud of America. Among Republicans, 64% are proud of the country. Democrats, not so much. 39% say they're proud. Independents are about an even split. And how would the founding fathers feel if they came back to life in 2017? Washington, Jefferson, Franklin, etc.? How would they feel? A record 79% of voters think they would not be pleased with what they saw in America circa 2017. Wow. But I worry about the state of patriotism in this country. You get great turnouts for all these fireworks displays. They were magnificent, whether it was Red Hot and Boom at Alamont Springs on the 3rd or whether it was the Lake Eola fireworks, 150,000 reported downtown Orlando, and all over Central Florida there were fireworks displays, the traditional rocket's red glare, the bombs bursting in air. But I just fear that for so many, particularly young Americans, it is just a show and a party, and there are no deep patriotic feelings toward this country. And the reason I feel that way is the left has gained control of the teaching institutions in this country. We know about all the lefty professors in college indoctrinating our kids, about all the problems American causes and and all the evils of America. I worry about the fact that we've got a lot of liberals who are teaching in our public school systems now. I don't see the same kind of curriculum, and correct me if I am wrong, that teaches kids, particularly young, impressionable kids, about the greatness of America, teaches them the great songs and the great, great history of the wonder of this country, that the teaching today is so often tainted by, if not dominated by, talk of all the wrongs America is committing and has committed over its long, illustrious history, whether it's the way we treated the Indians, whether it's the way we have treated African-Americans, etc., etc., etc. And how in the world do you generate a sense of patriotic fervor and love for this country the way we all used to have it? And I also worry that one of the negative byproducts of having an all-volunteer military for as long as we have, the draft went out in 1973, as I recall, is that we have a tiny fraction of the country laying their lives on the line for our freedom. And they're trained in the United States military in the greatness of America and the goodness of its mission. And they believe in this country, and they have the patriotic fervor nurtured and, 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 and ignited within them. But what about the rest of the population? Yes, I do worry about the greatness of America because I worry about the state of patriotism in America. Charles Krauthammer on Fox said something profound the other night. I can't get out of my head. 
He said this, in the end, what brings civilizations down is when the elites lose confidence in the rightness of their cause. Too many in the elite ruling class, particularly, I should say, on the left, don't seem to believe in the greatness of this country, that this country has caused more problems and continues to do so than all the greatness that it might lay claim to. What is the state of patriotism? I don't want to be negative. I love this country. But I'm worried about this country. And I'm worried about our young people coming up. You tell me, what is the state of patriotism in this country? Is the 4th of July now just a party and a show? And that's it? That's dangerous for the future of this republic as we have known it, I believe, if that is true. So, Yaffe, what is the state of patriotism in this country? Should I be worried as I am? Yes, I, I think you are right to be worried. I, I talk to a lot of people around my age and younger who um, they don't have that sense of patriotism and love for the country. It's, it's often talk of, all the, like you said, all the bad things that America has done. And it, a lot of it's ignorance, really. A lot of it's that they don't really know the history. They don't really know the context. They don't really understand what America has done. Well, a lot lot of it's ideology and agenda that is driven as these young people are taught. How are they supposed to get on fire about America if all they are taught is how bad we have been and still are? Yeah, but there is some good news, though. Uh, There are, luckily, there are some people out there doing a really good job bringing out children's books and children's programs, really showing the greatness of America. I mean, we interviewed one of them on the Florida Roundtable a few weeks ago, mm-hmm. and, and it's really good stuff. Yeah. So I, I think Rush has another thing, Rush Revere. I forget what he yeah, calls right, it, Rush Right, Limbaugh. right, right. But, it's his um, history book series. No, there is a lot of good stuff out there, and a lot of great programs on, on television, if you seek them out, that are, you know, really, really help you understand the true greatness of America. And it's always being talked down by the left-leaning media and by, by academia that's largely been taken over by the left that are down on America as we have known her. What's in the text line, Yaffe? What's coming in? Yeah, one person said most colleges and universities now promote Americhobia instead of American patriotism. This results in ungrateful, angry students who want America to become like Europe. Gupta, you're on the phone line with a bud man. What is the state of patriotism as we welcome you in from Orlando, Gupta? Great, uh, but I appreciate your time. Um, I think the state is, for conservatives, they're totally patriotic. Liberals, not so much. They don't like the country. Um, and, and I don't know why, where they come from, uh, why they get that. I've been here for 30 years. I absolutely love the country. I like Trump. I think he's doing a great job. Um, but I, I look, Hillary Clinton yesterday did not wish America a happy fourth on Twitter. She didn't. And then people like black people in America now are saying they are supporting Malia Obama's birthday instead of the 4th of July. And I don't, I just don't get it. They, they say it's racist, slavery, all this stuff, and I, I, it does not make sense. Thank you, Gupta, very much for your observations. Frank from Deltona, 30 seconds on the state of patriotism as you see it, my friend. Yes, I'll good morning to you, but I think we don't have to look any further than the former President Obama. You know, he, he was... Uh, he, he said we're not exceptional. Quite frankly, I don't think the idea had utter disdain for my country. Didn't like the Star Spangled Banner because it was too uh, militaristic. 
Yeah, he was even talking over the weekend about maybe we have a little bit too much patriotism going on in this country. I was reading that, and it was just, you know, I, I said, oh, man, you know, now I remember this guy. I'm being reminded all over again. Thank you. Let me grab, Frank, another caller right now. It's Eric in New Smyrna Beach. Less than 30 seconds. My time is tight. Oh, I'm sorry. We're still screening the call. I'm going to have to put that one on hold. Do the best I can. My fault, Yaffe. I get ahead of the ball game here. Damn, the phones are lighting up still here on my question. What is the state of patriotism in America? So let's head out to one of our favorite beaches, New Smyrna Beach, and talk to Eric this morning. Good morning, Eric. Hey, good morning, Dev and Bud. Thanks for allowing me on the porch. I just wanted to uh, give you guys an update. Last night, New Smyrna Beach had its Fourth of July fireworks. It was pretty cool with the ocean in the background. And uh, while I was videotaping the fireworks and the finale went off, for about two minutes, and there was that awkward silence at the end, and so I just yelled out, America! And about 100 people yelled, Donald Trump! And I look around me, and there's all these young high school and middle school kids, so maybe the millennials are going to get skipped a generation, and maybe the young kids today are seeing how it really is, everybody getting a trophy when they hit the home run. (laughs) Great show, So you were optimistic about the state of patriotism in America last night. Bud, you should have seen it. Uh, the young kids with the red, white, and blue shirts. And, uh, I mean, they were carrying flags and sparklers. And, I mean, nobody was down. Everybody, little four-year-old girl said, happy birthday, America. Well, just Four like uh, just like Bud's grandchildren, you know, he gave them the little musical flags and, you know, got to hear the Star Sp- Star-Spangled Banner 20 times in a row. <laughs> we were talking you know, about that earlier. Job, Bud. It's good stuff. Thank you very much, Eric. There's nothing like fireworks on the beach on the 4th of July. Wish I had been there. I've done that a few times. That is something very, very special. Yeah, that would be a beautiful sight to see. Yeah, the president made a number of appearances over the weekend um, with a real patriotic flavor to them. Now he is wheels up, headed overseas, Deb. Yeah, he's headed to Poland, where he'll make his first major public address in Europe. Trump will be joining a conference of Central European and Baltic nations today and will give a major speech in Warsaw tomorrow. Then on Friday, the president will meet with Russian President Vladimir Putin during the G20 summit in Hamburg, Germany. Putin's foreign affairs advisor said that the two will probably talk about terrorism, Syria, and the conflict in Ukraine. This news brought to you by Tresco Bank, Florida's hometown bank. A story that broke out while you happen to have been taking some well-deserved time off, Bud, was a hot air balloon pilot being credited with avoiding what really could have been a disaster. Yeah, and that's a Florida story. I saw something on it, Deb, but fill in the blanks here. Well, Russ Lucas was piloting a balloon with 16 passengers Monday morning when he landed it in a retention pond in Orange County near Disney World. Lucas told deputies he was blown off course and forced the balloon down in the pond to avoid touching any power lines. It was adrenaline. It was pumping. Um, it was scary. But, it, I mean, and now we, we're kind of making fun of it. Yeah, well, his boss says he's thrilled, though, that Lucas used his skills and experience to make a decision that made sure no one was hurt. You know, there was an accident, I believe, in East Texas last year. Also, a hot air balloon uh, with 16 passengers on board. That balloon did hit power lines. And it ended up killing all 16 people in board. Yeah, frightening. It could have been a disaster here yes. locally, but it ended well for all concerned, although it was a 
I'm sure, several harrowing moments. You know, when they first land the basket, when you hear the audio, you know, everyone's trying to make light and, you know, keep their chin up about it. And then I don't know if someone looked outside the basket and saw a bunch of alligators going, oh, look, breakfast. (laughs) But that's when the screaming commenced. (laughs) That and when the basket tipped over sideways, it was kind of like a drive-through window for the alligators. Ah, Yeah, exactly. Fearful. Whereas for me, I'm more afraid of the water in the retention pond than the alligators. Well, you're out of your mind. (laughs) Water scarier is nasty. than a gator who hadn't eaten in a while. Not with 16, 17 people in the water. Hey, if that 11-year-old <laughs> girl can poke an alligator in the nostrils and free her leg, we'll be fine. That was a great recent story here, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. Yeah, absolutely. Terrific. Said she learned that skill at Gatorland. Well, we've heard these stories before, but this one ends not the way you expect. It ends on a good night. A note. A Navy wife greeted her husband returning from six months at sea by revealing she was nearly eight months pregnant with his fourth child. Surprise! Oh, boy. Video posted by Natasha Daughtry to Facebook shows her husband, Petty Officer Chris Daughtry, hugging his three children on the docks in San Diego after getting off the USS Carl Vinson, who had spent some time mm-hmm. uh, in Southeast Pacific or in the Middle East. Can't remember just now oh, where Carl Vinson was. I don't Carl know where Vinson the Vinson was. is. Recently, I haven't been keeping track of it. Well, Natasha stood back holding a sign in front of her that read, Welcome home, baby daddy, and then dropped it to reveal the pregnancy. The video captured his shocked reaction as he poked her belly and asked, is that real? Natasha says she found out she was pregnant soon after Chris deployed on January 5th and says keeping the secret was, quote, difficult but totally worth it in the end. What a homecoming. Absolutely. God bless all of our servicemen and women. Amen to that, Deb. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Deb with the news, top and bottom of the hour, whenever it breaks. Good morning, Orlando, from the Frontgate Realty Studio. Next up, your chance to win a great prize and have a little fun along the way in our daily sound judgment game. Now, you're only eligible to play sound judgment as we open up the phones, Michael, please, if you have not won in the last 30 days. Those are station rules, not my rules, corporate rules, if you will, okay? So step aside if you've won more recently than 30 days. Otherwise... We're wide open for you, and I love brand-new contestants. So give us a call, 407-916-5400, if you want to play Sound Judgment. 407-916-5400. We'll have the game and give away a prize, I hope, if we can find a winner. And we'll have Orlando's news, weather, and traffic updated for you as well in just two minutes on News Radio 1025 WFLA. All right, we got something a little bit different on the Sound Judgment game right now, but the first thing we always want to tell you about is the fabulous prize we're making available to our winner, Michael. Oh, fabulous is an understatement today. Our winner gets a pair of passes to the Crayola Experience, which if you haven't been is quite quite an experience at that, where uh, Magic of Crayola comes to life, experience over 70,000 square feet and 26 hand on, hands-on shows and attractions. Crayola Experience is Florida's most colorful family destination for interactive creative play. It really is amazing, and it's unique, and it's great. You got kids, you got grandkids, neighborhood kids. Take them to the Crayola Experience on us if you're our winner here this morning. 407-916-5400. It really is a terrific prize. I've got a space open on the 50,000-watt front porch for a contestant. 407-916-5400. That's the number to call also to open up a line if somebody gets a wrong answer. So here we go. Listen closely. For today's sound judgment game, something on the serious side. Listen to some sound from a major sports star being interviewed over the weekend and reacting to something that happened to her recently 
that has nothing to do with her sport, then use your sound judgment to name this sports star and tell me what she's upset about. There's really no words to describe, like, how devastating and, yeah, I'm completely speechless. Who is that familiar voice, a female sports star, and what is it that she is upset about, line one? Uh, Serena Williams. Say it again. Serena Williams. No, but thank you for trying, 407-916-5400. Line two, who was that, and what is she upset about? Uh, Venus Williams. Go ahead. And what is she upset about? Uh, The article about her sister. No. No. But we're on the right track here, gang. We're halfway home. 407-916-5400. We're playing for the prize right now. Line three. Name the speaker in the sound cut and tell me what she's upset about. It's been making headlines. Venus Williams losing at Wimbledon. No, it's nothing to do with her sport. Personal tragedy she's been linked to. 407-916-5400, line four, go ahead. Line four. Line four, not happening. 407-916-5400, you're the smartest audience in talk radio. You follow the news, you've run into this story. Line one, go ahead. Uh, yeah, Venus Williams, she accidentally uh, was in a car accident and killed some, uh, a 79-year-old man. Right, in South Florida, congratulations. hate the idea that Thank we're you. applauding for a, for a tragedy she's dealing with. She got asked about it over at Wimbledon after she won her opening match and uh, broke down in tears and uh, actually left the press room there. Um, and a good job on picking up on that. It took us a while to get there. You are our Sound Judgment Prize winner. We hope you enjoy that prize. Thank you very much. Hey, what's your name? Mike. Mike, where are you calling in from? Uh, Tavares. Beautiful. Up in Lake County. Did you have a nice 4th of July? We did. We had a great one. Fireworks up there? What do you got? Who who puts up fireworks up in that part of Lake County? The city of Tavares has a great fireworks show. It was really nice. Yeah? And you were there, huh? I was not there, but my kids were there. We, uh... We did some stuff at the house, and they, they, they ventured out for that. Terrific. Celebrating the great American holiday. Don't go away, Mike. I'm going to put you on hold. You'll connect with Michael off air, and we'll make the prize available to you. All right? Thank you, sir. I appreciate it. Yep. There we go, and we have a winner. And we have one more opportunity for me to share with you something I ran into courtesy of a Trump tweet over the weekend. Okay? No, it's not a CNN wrestling video. But it is a brand new song that debuted at an appearance uh, or at an event where the president spoke. And it actually has the same title of his campaign and presidential slogan. You'll hear Make America Great Again in a moment. So yesterday I'm prepping the show and I run into a Trump tweet where he includes a video about a song being sung at a patriotic event over the weekend that I had missed. And it was entitled, Make America Great Again, his campaign and his presidential slogan. And it was sung for the first time publicly at the Kennedy Center for the Performing Arts Saturday night in Washington, D.C., where the president also spoke. 
It was performed by the First Baptist Church of Dallas and their stunning choir and orchestra that did a rousing patriotic show. So I thought I'd share with you a song I really like that I'm quite sure, unless you caught it over the last 24 hours or so, you've never heard before. Here is Make America Great Again. I have some information before me that there are additional lyrics that were not a part of that premier performance at the Kennedy Center over the weekend where the president spoke, and the lyrics are even better. I hope to hear the full rendition, but I think they're off to a start on a song that I would love to see become a standard. Unfortunately, I'm sure it would cause protests to break out all across the land from the Trump-loathing left if this were ever to be played. Um, but they had a very receptive audience uh, over the weekend at the Kennedy Center. And the president did speak, and uh, let's listen to just a bit of um, him on the historical source of America's greatness. Since the signing of the Declaration of Independence 241 years ago, America always affirmed that liberty comes from our Creator. Our rights are given to us by God and no earthly force can ever take those rights away. That was the president of the Kennedy Center celebrate freedom extravaganza on Saturday night. He had a great, great speech, and that was only a portion of it. Yaffe, you're not only working the show, executive producing on Good Morning Orlando, you got your own primetime show on WFLA tonight. Yes, uh, yes, I do. And there's always some breaking news that happens during the day before my show. So who knows what's going to happen? Trump's doing his foreign trip. North Korea is doing what they're doing. Yeah. I mean, so we'll talk about the latest on what's going on. Always lots to talk about. And the place to talk about it is WFLA. As we always say on the promos, you'll be able to reach Yaffe at 407-916-5400. Text line 23680. Yes, 8 to 10 p.m. Absolutely. Primetime Yaffe. You got to love that. Been great being with you here. Nice to be back with you after the 4th of July celebration. 
Good morning, Orlando. Wrapping up from the Frontgate Realty Studio, visit laurahasthebuyers.com. A special thanks to, uh, to Deb and to Yaffe, who hosted in my absence on Monday, and to Michael for screening our calls here this morning on the 50,000-watt front porch. Have a great day. Thank you. God bless you, and God bless America.